All right, ladies, good evening. Good evening. We are going to try, we'll attempt to finish up tonight. If we don't, we'll do, we'll do it next week on this topic of hakpada, of being irritated, upset, angry at others. Actually brings, it's a little bit of a, of a side point, but certainly very connected. And that is one of the things that get us angry and annoyed and irritated, especially, especially, uh, by certain people, or certain times it's relatives and others, is when we're criticized. Uh, what really sometimes annoys certain people is kasher Sometimes they give him uh, rebuke or they criticize the person. That criticism. Um, uh, you know what? You know why people don't like to be criticized, don't like to be pointed out things because you're putting them in a bad light. By the way, a spouse or a parent or a child sometimes it really annoys somebody to when they when they point out like also you know you're wrong. I once saw a, 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 a young couple, and one person told uh, what's irrelevant. The husband told the wife, "You have food in your teeth." Like they're upset. Like who here? The person's helping them out. But they don't want the criticism. Why? Because criticism means you, you've done. You're, something's wrong. You're, you're speaking too slowly, too too fast. Uh, you're you're late. You're early. You don't match. Right? You don't match. Now, if a husband tells to a wife, you don't match. Sometimes, well, especially if you're already out. If you're like out already, if you left the house. Shomre Shamayim, if that ever happens. It's like, mom is very serious stuff. You know, or, um, you know, you're, you're, you're eating at somebody's house, and one says to the other, you know, by the way, you, we shouldn't have said that to so-and-so. Like, you, shouldn't, you, you should not have made a comment, or you were not sensitive enough, or you didn't help out enough, or whatever it may be. Criticism, people don't like. Especially the people who I like criticism the least are people who think they're good at something. <laughs> Criticize a person they, uh, they know best, right? You know, you, they give a handy a guy who's like very handy, and they're very proud about being handy. And you tell, them, oh, you're not doing it right. That's like they don't want to hear it. Or a woman who thinks she's great, at, she's a great cook or baker. Or she's very artistic, and something went wrong. They don't want to hear it. Or driving. When you're a backseat driver. Right, people who are very into their driving, they don't want to say, you know, you tell them to slow down. I'm not driving faster. 85 miles on a 40 mile lane. Right? So, criticism in general, people don't like to hear, and certainly when it's um, people we don't like, when already somebody we don't like criticizes us, or there's tension in the relationship, then zikr, what zikr is? For sure. Badai. Definitely. Definitely. How do you say it in Farsi? Furi. There you go. Furi. Zikr. So then for sure you don't want to hear it. When a person you don't like is critical of you, when you already have a bad relationship, it really annoys you. Maybe you have the relationship because they're critical. 
No, love dafka, not necessarily. It's irrelevant. That could be, but but it's not, it's not our point tonight. Um, so the, the Rabbi Sol Slanter says, "Limdanu acheres." When a person criticizes you, whenever a person says something to you, and now we're going to focus on people you don't like, or they're your enemies, or they're your competition at work, or um, they're you know a little bit jealous sometimes. You've been a manager, right? You have any jealous nurses ever? They want your job sometimes? Yeah. How about a how about a, Well, they think they could do it better than yeah, you do. Well, they, how about a Kaiser? They you, you've met such people at Kaiser? You're too nice. You, you like ignore them. Right? You, know, you, you never notice them. Um, so, but let's say someone says to you, you're this or that, and you know that it's not even coming from a good place. Bishlam, I want to, you know, I, I, this is 100% true. I, you know, just, this, for whatever reason, not for whatever reason, in this topic that we're doing, I mentioned a lot of husband and wife stories. 98% of husbands or wives or parents or children, or parents to children, children, parents, not as much, but parents to children, when they tell you something, it comes from love. It comes from a good place. Now, not everybody's talented to know how to say it correctly. There's, there's an art of criticism. There's a way you say things. There's timing. I always tell my wife, you know, and she's criticized me, and always for my benefit, almost always, but, but, you know, I don't always agree. I don't always agree, but I've always listened. But it's much easier to listen. It's not the most. So just don't tell me that. Tell me later. You know, or tell me when I'm calm. I'm telling you, like, like somebody wants to speak to me today. They come into the show, you know, meaning well. They come into the show. They don't have an appointment. I'm, like, dealing with 30,000 things. I don't have time right now. <laughs> I didn't. You know, I didn't have time. So the person said, well, why do you have time? I said, you, you come into the show. You crash the show. How if I come into your house at any time they say, let's sit down and talk? You know, like, you know, what do you, what do you, who do you, you know, I want to say, who do you think you are? What do you expect? But it's like, really, it was, it was like, a, a, they're like, they make me feel bad? I didn't feel bad at all. I was a little bit, I didn't have a kapata, but I was like, take, the person didn't apologize. Oh, you're right, you know. Person just comes to the show, tells me they need to do anything right now, and it was no emergency. They, they wanted to tell me a story. Like, you know, like, if I had to listen to every story at all times of the day, would, you know, nothing would happen in this world, I mean, my world at least. Um, um, so, you know, I tell her, just to be fair, in the middle of something, don't tell me. Not because she's not right. She's right. She's telling me something, it's coming from a good place, and it could be for my benefit. But I can't hear it then. You know, so something in life, you need to give a person. Criticism, even when they, when they can hear it, right? When they're open to criticism, there's like I I I I love one of the stories I've said this, uh, several years in one of my drushes. I love this story that Rev Dessler, the author of Mikta Meliahu, was once walking in Bnei Brak and he saw Rav Chatzka Levinstein. Chatzka was the Mashkiach of the Mir Yeshiva, and then Rav Dessler passed away of Panovich Yeshiva. The Mir and Panovich are two of the best yeshivas in the world for the past. 70 years, okay? So they saw him in Ebrach, and Rav Katzkel did not like the way Rav Dessler was doing something. So they both learned in a yeshiva called Kelm. Kelm was from the greatest Musa yeshivas in Lithuania before the Holocaust. And so Rav Dessler sees the altar Kelm, and the altar Kelm, uh, the altar Kelm, he says, sees Rav Katzkel, both are students of Kelm. 
And he says, if Katzel tells him, I want to tell you something that you have to, which I disagree on, Musser. So immediately, Rav Dessler does what the, what the Bali and Musser would do, the people who would work in their character and count, he goes like this, to listen. He holds his hands, he clasps his hands, he puts his head down in a listening mode, like literally listening. And for like 15 minutes, Rav Katzel's just speaking. And Rav Dessler is going like this, He's not. He's going up and down, up and down, up and down, and he's listening and not saying a word. After 15 minutes, of Dessler picks up his head. He says, "Thank you very much, but I totally disagree." <laughs> and that's how the conversation ended. You know, those are two gedolim, gedolim, great, great people. If Dessler could sit there for 15 minutes, listen to Rabchatzkel saying there was a, an approach how to give muster in the, the Panovich yeshiva. Dessa had one approach, and Chatzka had a very different approach. Dessa sat there looking like this, and said, thank you very much, I don't agree. And Chatzka had said his piece, and he went on. He didn't go, you know, um, actually I had two, I, 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 this, this Shabbos at my house, I had a table full of Israelis. And one Israeli at, at, at my table said she liked Kachova Lavan. Whoa! All of a sudden, it was like, Political party. Okay. The, this guy, one of the guys at my table, says, I've never understood why some Israelis are so blind, so crazy. Like, but the great thing was that they enjoyed each other's conversation. Like they were like slamming each other. Like that's like a. But you know what? It's not personal. If he would tell her, I've never understood why somebody can be so stupid and ugly and you know, you know they, they were arguing about like you know about politics. So people could do that. You tell a person in their life and their job, the way they're acting, the way they're talking, the way the way they talk to you. Well, that, that, that's a game changer. So it's important. Timing is important. All parents to children, spouses, uh, certainly if you're a child to a parent, um, you should never give criticism when you're angry. <laughs> never, ever, ever do that because you're going to say it in the wrong way. And what people see when you're angry, they don't see anything but your anger. It's the number one rule. Never ever give criticism when you're angry. If I, in, on the job as well. Because if you're angry, uh, like actually, I, I, you know, I gave that thing about the, the books this weekend. I was not angry at all. I gave a, a barking and I smiled at the end, but I was not angry. But if I, you'd be really angry, you will say it the wrong way and you could really say the wrong thing and you won't be heard. So you may have the best point, you'd be helpful, you won't be heard. But let's say the person doesn't care about you. They're, they're your opposition at work, or they, they have, they're, they're not on your team. You know, I would play basketball when I was younger. Uh, you know, yesterday was the Stanley Cup, you know, basketball game. Everyone knows that, right? So you know, when I was, I was a co-captain, you know what? When you're playing a game, you, you want to tell somebody something. So sometimes people tell you something, you want to hear it. Other times, this guy doesn't like you. You don't like him on the team. And, like, you know, they're not, and that's what happens, right? And, you know, you want to pass it to me. I'll pass it to you. You're a terrible, you know. Why don't you do this at your work? How come this? And you know, and you don't. They're not on your side necessarily. Even though they're on your team or your, your management team, they're your, they're working for you. They're 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 the person at Shoal. I actually, I'll tell you a different story. I once saw two rabbis, and I know this. I hate to say it. This is many years ago. One of these people had a uh, was a little bit jealous of the other. I get where I was and how is really irrelevant. And one comes to the other, I want to tell you something you really need to work on. Right? Now, 
I was like a fly on the wall for every reason around this situation. Uh, but like, the one who listened know, knew as well as I knew that the other one wanted his job, was, pers- you know, this one was a younger rabbi, one was older rabbi, you know, it was a big institution. It was like, oh, like one of these type of things. You know, so it's coming not necessarily from such an altruistic place. No, so my point was a spouse, a, a parent, is coming from a good place. A good friend, a chaver toiv, you say in Perkei Alvas, you should have a good friend. A good friend, one of the reasons you have a good friend is they will tell you, they will tell you when something is wrong with you. You know, a good friend cares enough about you to tell you something. That's a good friend. You, whether, and they're coming from a good place. My mother told, you know, one of, I remember my mother told me one of her good friends when she was younger, she told her not to marry a guy. You know, she told this lady, a good friend of my mother, my mother was a great friend with this lady, told her not to marry somebody. And she was really upset at my mother. She didn't even invite her to the wedding. She was a very good friend. And of course, this lady had a very bad divorce uh, and hurt herself in the process. Who was, was my mother right for telling her? Of course she was. You, you know, what, what would most people do? They won't say anything. They say nothing. Because this lady, you know, now I don't know how my mother said it, was it going to be listened to, but quite frankly, actually the Daf Yomi, the Daf Yomi uh, today was that Ellie saw, in the Daf Yomi, it's talking about davening, and Ellie saw Chana davening. Ellie was a Kongado, and Chana, of course, was the mother of who? Shmuel, right? Shmuel Navi. And we learned some of the laws of davening from Chana, and Ellie thought she was drunk. He's Lama Tishakra, why are you drunk? So the Gemara says, you see from here that if you see someone doing something wrong, tell them. You know, I'll daven drunk. If you see, the Gemara says, if you see someone doing something wrong, tell them. Now it means to tell them in a way they can hear at the time they can hear, but you have to tell them. So, but it's coming from a good place. The person doesn't want to hear. Very often people are not coming from a good place. They give you rebuke or they tell you something because they don't like you or they want to rub it in. You know, even my kids, you know, it's when you're a parent of little kids uh, who are, could pl- you know, who, whose idea of fun sometimes is to make, make fun of their siblings. Uh, that is how they could humor themselves at times. And sometimes they play very nicely. But sometimes they, they, they and they know, and they... I was just trying to listen to the, which, what the song was. Uh, they know... They know exactly. If you're siblings, you know how to. You know the weak spots of your siblings. You know how to get your brother or your sister and just to push those buttons. Push the buttons. Perfect. Exactly. Push the buttons. Literally push the buttons. So it's they're not. When they're pushing the buttons. They're not saying, "Oh, I want to help my brother or sister." No, they're looking to annoy them. You know, to get them. You know, even though they can make up later. But at the time, that, so when there's a stranger or someone who doesn't like you, our tendency is get angry not to listen to what they have to say. Because the fact is that they're coming from a bad place or from not such a good place. Sometimes it's they're jealous, sometimes they're petty, sometimes they're just, you know, the salanter. So the following things. Who are malets? This person, when they criticize you, the pastor says, when people, when your enemies come against you, listen up. They're going to tell you things that nobody else is going to tell you sometimes. Now, they may be negative, but they may, have, they may also be right. 
because they're pointing out your weakness. You're, no one wants to tell you some things that you need to hear. Who's going to tell you? The person someone you don't... Cares. What? Who cares. Or somebody who doesn't care about you whatsoever right. and wants to push you. But the point is, they're speaking negative. I'm going to listen. People, if these people don't like me, they're, you know, if you're in politics, you know, what are they going to point out? What are they, what are they looking for right now in, in, in faults? Right? It's, I have so much to say that the Democratic I have to hold myself back. It's worse and worse. Uh, but you look for the faults. Right? You look for the faults. By the way, the same thing when they, when they go in the red general election against Trump, they'll be looking for his faults, which are not hard to find. But they'll, 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 but at least he has some, whatever. I mean, the fact. Uh, okay, okay, totally sorry. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, to elect a communist, I mean, socialist is winning in Iowa right now. It's crazy. Uh, so, the fact is, the fact is. Is Tashma and Azai listen to when someone's pointing out your faults? If you're a candidate, you want to hear your weak points. If you're smart, now you may be like Rav Dasso, you may listen and say that they're, they're 100% wrong. And a lot of the people who criticize you who are not on your side are wrong. But at least listen. They may be right. And they may be pointing out something to you which nobody else in the world will tell you. And it may be to your betterment. You may gain from it. Instead of being annoyed by it, you may learn from it. It could be there's some criticism, which is true. Albeit, even if, if it's subtle, I can fix, you know, I can fix my thing. I can fix myself. I can become better. That's the truth is a, a, a person Who's working on themselves? Who's working on developing themselves? Haraitza Tamid is always looking to, to make themselves better. And even from their his his or her enemies, the people not the enemies I mean arch enemies people they're not they're what they're saying is not coming from a nice place always. There's something to be gained by it. And then when a person hears that, you know what? I'm, what's amazing is like when Dessler stopped and listened to Rav Chatzklavenstein on the street on the street, um, he listened to him even though he was a very 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 successful person. Uh, you know, Rav Dessler, his works are studied in yeshivas till today. He's you know Michta Meliyah. Rav Dessler's works, his Torah. There's just a great sage of Moshe Shapiro, Rabbi Tatz. All, most of his stuff is coming from Rav Dessler. Um, you know, many of the organizations in Israel, he was the, he was the spiritual head of, of Lev Laachim, of Pilim. You know Lev Laachim, Pilim? Right? Which is a big, you know, Kirov organization, Lev Laachim. Um, so he was the spiritual head of, of that in the 1950s. So he could have just said, like, well, I don't need to hear of Chatzko. He sat there and listened, because maybe someday I can learn from this. He didn't agree. And he told him afterwards he didn't agree. But and Rav Chatzel, to his credit, cared about Rav Dessler and cared about what he was doing to tell him why he disagreed with a very very successful person. And Rav Dessler said he didn't agree. They went, they went on different directions, but they they, they they agreed to disagree. But 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 he was he cared enough to say something. And Rav Dessler cared enough to listen. Um, and therefore, 
um, a person won't be broken by criticism. You know why people are broken by criticism? Because they feel annoyed or embittered. Sometimes it's self-esteem. You, you know, um, sometimes they, it's, they don't want to work on themselves. Uh, uh, is a drop of truth. Maybe there's something I can learn from this. You know, I remember sometimes with Bali Chuva. Sometimes with Bali Chuva, people first becoming observant, they're very, very sensitive. I, I mean, I'm, I, 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 Baruch Hashem, I have the opportunity to deal with lots of Bali Chuva. And, you know, they, they're making Kiddush and they're very proud. They're making Kiddush, they're, they're lighting candles, they're keep making Shabbat or Shabbos, whatever they're doing. Somebody tells them, they like make some. No, a smart person looks to learn. I remember somebody came to my house, they made Kiddush. They may watch me make Kiddush. And they asked him, why did you make Kiddush that way? This was not like a, a, a minhag. It wasn't a custom. It was clearly the halakha. And they told me, they told me that they've been religious for several years and they never realized that. Now, it's not like, it, Kiddush, by the way, is something in somebody's house. If, if nobody sees that, they'll, they'll make the same mistake forever. Right? You know, I always say, by Tarat to Mishpacha, by the way, if someone's making a mistake in that, they can never get corrected sometimes. <laughs> There's some areas of life, some things we would cooking on Shabbos, like you need to make sure, somebody points something out, listen very carefully because you may never hear that again. <laughs> right? There's certain areas in life where you don't see it. And, you know, anything I see, I'm not embarrassed. I'll tell people one second. You know, I, I'll weigh it out. Could the person hear it? What's their level? Where they're holding? But sometimes Bali Chuva are so sensitive they don't want to hear it. Like they don't want to be corrected because they're trying so hard. They're try- and they are trying hard. But they'll gain that they'll say Kiddush right for the next ten years if they just listen. I had someone who home I was doc eating and they were relatively new to observance and she said to me, she said, If you see that I'm doing something wrong, she said, Please tell me. She right. said, because I want to know. And if no uh, one tells me, then I can't know. So that's, that's, that's already a, a great idea. So there was something, and I said to her afterwards, I said, I'm only saying something because you asked me to say something. She said, no, please, I want to know. She said, okay, thank you for telling me, so I won't do that again. And that was it. Right. She was happy that she was told, because otherwise she would have assumed it was okay. Right. Right. But you're right, someone has to be receptive to hear it. Actually, I said this, I said this story about mm-hmm. Rev. Leff, who's going to be here the Shabbos. When he was involved in Florida 35 years ago, so he he, he gave a shear, yeah, uh, he gave a shear, uh, he gave a shear on borer about, about how you can select things correctly on on Shabbos. And after his shear, a middle-aged older man comes over to him. He says, "Rabbi, you're a hundred percent wrong." This is Shulchan Aruch. It's in the Kodesh Jewish Long Yerami. You're a hundred percent wrong. Shavlov says, you know, this is a Rebbe is a genius. He learned to yeshiva for years. He's a rope, accomplished. Even in his youth, he was an accomplished rob. Uh, he says, I'm a hundred percent wrong. He says, I never saw my parents do this, and I never saw my grandparents do this. So I know you're wrong. The man knew nothing. He didn't listen. All he knew was what he thought he knew. Right. So if you if you live, if you look at life that way. That you were wrong because I never saw this, and I was closer, and I never heard this. Then you never, you can't, um, you can't live, you can't live this way. You won't grow. You'll, you'll always be right in your own mind, 
And like this guy, if he didn't listen to his left, he'll be Machal Shabbos every Shabbos, break the Sabbath every Shabbos, because he was unwilling to unwilling to uh, uh, to to listen. Uh, it's, it's hard to do this but no one thing not only will you become a better person but you'll be a lot less annoyed at people like if somebody tells you something and you perk up your ears you're not annoyed anymore because they actually did your favor you'll say thank you very much and you'll agree or disagree but it could be there's a kernel of truth there that you gain something from and that's amazing okay next little topic is it, oh, this is an amazing th- topic on this, I mean, this next next point on, on not getting angry and upset or, or, or being mocked. What can a person do, really, to have a great a, a great personality and not to be the person to get annoyed and angry at person? There, he says, he says, in life, you're always there are irritations, there are annoyances. You know, I had such an annoying email this morning, such an. I get annoying emails all the time, all the time. It, you know, really all the time. I'm people asking for my for me to help them with things I don't want to help them with. <laughs> and I'm not telling like, please help me this charity collection, this thing. And, I, and it's like not for me. You know, I'm not saying they're, they're wrong for asking me. They're just annoying. I mean, I'm saying I'm not saying annoying. Like, like they're annoying in the sense like you don't want to deal with them, right? Get involved. In it. I, I've let one person once every time they they ask me for my help, and then they want to attack me for it. It's like. You know, you know, like, you know, they're, they're, in a, they're in a fight with somebody. I'm not joking, mother. In a fight, they, they, they yank me into this. I'll get, like, attacked, attacked. But, like, you know, I'm, it's like an, I'm like a no-win situation. Like, literally, no-win. Right? So I get, I get these kind of emails almost every day. Like, really, you know, it's, I'm, not, I'm, I'm serious. There's something, some degree of this. But this one was so, so irritating. In the sense that... Somebody decided, and I'm involved in several types of different organizations. Somebody decides that there'll be an intermediary to do something. Plays broken telephone, like mamish broken telephone. Gives a wrong message to somebody, to somebody who's very, very important. And now I'm stuck dealing with that. I'm like, I can't believe this. Like, this volunteer gets me into this royal mess, like you know, which I was completely unavoidable, and I'm stuck. I'm stuck dealing with this broken telephone, and like some, someone now thinks something's going to happen, which is definitely not going to happen. Do you know these kind of emails? Like, so they're all we all have that. It's not, I'm telling you, I'm just telling you my sob story. It's not so bad, by the way. I'm, you know, it's not really not so bad. It's just, but it's my own little, and we all have that, by the way. It could be. The people we deal with, it could be our physical health, it could be our neighbors, it could be the trap. I mean, a million things that, that really could be, you know, uh, you know, could, could wear us down. Uh, and, and the truth is, if you, if you let them, if they become all irritating and annoying and dealing with something, you know, I, I was recently in someone's job and every two minutes, he's like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, <laughs> like, I would hate to live that way. You know, it's like crazy, you know. Some of these businesses, you're dependent on Yelp, and these guys look at every Yelp thing, and they sit there looking like, oh, the construction is really, it's like every Yelp, they look at it, analyze it, like, that, why, it's, they, if they come in Gemara, that, it's like, like, they read the Yelp, they're being, Tamidei Chacham Mufagim, like, why did they use that word? It's like, and they get they, their whole joy in life, it's a good, a good Yelp report, and they get a bad one, like, the Mahamashar and Shiva, like, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, obviously, I'm, I'm making a little joke of it, they 
they're worried about their name and this, and they have to. They're, they're, they're doing construction. They hire this Mexican guy, and he doesn't come on time. And there's like a million things they get frustrated with. There's a, you know, you're in construction or you're in a, in a hospital. Things are coming and things are going. It's busy. Human dynamics. You do hospitality. You have. Yeah, but you but you know what it's like when you set somebody up and they pull back, or they tell you they have two people, they have sixteen people, or they they think they call you Friday afternoon, and they they don't ask, they expect to be set up. They don't like dogs. They don't. No, 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 no. But they they expect. They they call they they wake up Friday afternoon, and they expect to be set up, and you're the Russia if you don't set them up, right? No, you ever had such people? Near one or two. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so, but the, the, uh, again, I, 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 but the truth is, how do you deal with all of these frustrations? He says there's something you can do, and you want to have kapada. There is one trait you can have, and you will not be. At, and I, 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 right, when I was looking this over a few minutes ago, I thought I was thinking I know a couple of people like this, um, and it's an amazing trait. If you can have this, you will not be mocked. It would be a great to be. Happy, freilich. It's you know walking around, great. Even when insanity is going on in your life, even in even when it's you know uh, insane, you know a little bit crazy or a little. It should be frustrating. Should be annoying. I've seen, by the way, I you know my craziest time of the year is what time of year? What time do you? When do you get the most questions during the year? It's easy. It's only, it's only really two options. Pesach. Pesach. You, uh, now, I, I'm, I'm probably busy rushing here on Kippur Sukkot, but my phone ringing in questions, Pesach, low normally. It's polish it, not normal. I, you know, um, so, I, and I, so, but I see the way some people deal with Pesach. If you don't have this cat, everything becomes, if something goes wrong, and they don't have this, and this, and my... And then the children come, or the grandchildren come. You can have this this year. You'll be very happy. But yeah. what if they trade up your kitchen? We'll talk about a different time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you it's could. going to be partially done for the person who's going to be watching the house and the dog. Well, they they, they, they bring chametz into your house the day before Pesach. You know, these things happen. They happen all the time. And you see the way people deal with Pesach. Some people literally, they, you think they have a nervous breakdown. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, they call me up. I, like, I get nervous when I pick up the phone. I'm like, are you alive? Someone die? My kitchen. I can't handle this anymore. I'm like, whoa, just relax, lady. Remember? You know, I'm saying, and somebody had the worst day. Somebody traced up. They spent 10 hours and something happens. And they have this mida and they're calm. Oh, what's the difference? What's this mida? He says the following thing. Mida zi, he bedicha sadas. Being able to laugh. He says, "Hanikras pipio oilam humor, humor, being able." To, actually, that's what I did this morning. When I saw this, I was like, "I can't." I was. I laughed. I. I, I got a little annoyed also, but I, then, like, when I got myself like, no, I was like laughing at the insanity of how crazy this thing is. You know, what was I left to do but to laugh? You know, it's like you, you know. So, but if you can laugh off things, you can you can laugh at sometimes even. Then you, or you can make a joke in your own mind. You can reframe things. You know what to reframe is? That it looks like this way. I'd say someone came over to me all upset. and all, all, I calmed the person down. You know what I just did? I just took their head here. And I said, 
Just look at it this way, right? Don't look at it this way, because you look at it this way, you get angry and you're tense and you're upset. If you look at it this way, it's not so bad. Or it's maybe even funny. And we all have that in our own lives. We can, you know, laugh it off. You can laugh it off in a certain way. I need a little humor. It really helps, you know, it gets you through tough days. If you're able to laugh it off. Actually, I've, honestly, I know certain Holocaust survivors, and I, I grew up. Somebody asked me to come to a Holocaust, listen to a lady and speak of the Holocaust. I said, you know, if, I, if it was a day of remembrance, last week I was at city council, I was honor. I don't need to learn anything from the Holocaust. I, I grew up with four grandparents, Holocaust survivors. You know, my wife's grandfather was in Auschwitz with numbers. Uh, her grandmother was in the death marches. Uh, I, I don't need to go listen to stories. I, when, I, I, I told you, when, when my family would get together for, for events, they don't talk about the Holocaust. When my wife's, anytime I'm with my wife's grandmother, because my, wife, my grandparents are now in Shemayim, my grandmother, she's sitting down, wherever there's a family event, you know there's going to be a story about her experience. And that's all, you know, so, you know, but I'm telling you, the people who went through the Holocaust, some of the people who came out the most whole had a sense of humor. Not that they laughed at the Holocaust. They just had a sense of humor. They were able to look at the funny things they can remember of the insanity of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're not laughing at the evilness. You know, that's very, that's murder, serious. They were able to laugh at how they found some potato and they ate the potato. Like, they're laughing at the crazy parts of it. You know, they're able to, to focus and to harp in on the funny parts of it, of their own experience. Um, and even there, there was very little to laugh about. Um, and, and when you have a humor, is it, 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 it takes people away from the things that could really break them in life. You can even see a little bit of light in sometimes things that can be minorly negative or very negative. Uh, if a person has a good sense of humor, a good sense of humor is able to have a laugh and to just laugh it off sometimes. Just come on, you know? You're stuck in traffic. You can sit there like, uh, you can say, wow, this is crazy, you know? You know, what would my mother say? How, what would this person say about me? You know, you could find the, the humor in your situation. Yeah, you can, you can, you can look and say, what's funny about this thing? You know, what is, what, what, what is remember, remember, memorable? How, it, it says, and you person can learn humor. It's possible. Now, if you're not, you know, somebody on a slapstick, you know, no one's saying going to be uh, in the borscht belt saying jokes. You know what the borscht belt does? I, I didn't think you would know. The, in the old days, they used to go to, uh, to New York, in upstate New York. Uh, the Catskills. You know the Catskills? Catskill names. Your brother would know the Catskills. In New York, they, they go by Bacayets. They go in the summer. But there, they used to have places to tell jokes. You know, it's comedians. Um, so... It's, it's, it's not not everyone's going to become a comedian. You don't need to become a comedian. You just need to be able to reframe, to change the way you're looking at it, to see what's funny in the situation, what you, what you can laugh about in, in this. Now, we're not talking about, God forbid, if somebody is suffering. So in a situation which is minorly frustrating or you know, angry, I'll tell you as we go on. Um, 
you're able to see, uh, be, you know, um, uh, you're able to, you know, come to laugh at certain things. Sometimes you have to laugh. So the Gemara says the following: When you want to start a share, some, the Gemara used to say that you should start off with a good joke. Why do they start with a good, a, a good joke sometimes? Because it makes people receptive. When you have a good joke, people are, are willing to hear. Like when they're all serious, they're all, they're you know they're they're able to hear the Gemara sometimes a little bit better. So many jokes. Rabbi Lev tells. Rabbi Lev tells jokes actually. Yeah, he does actually. Rabbi Machma the pasuk Rabbanan When Rabbi, Rabbi was a yeshiva of Pumpadisa. Like one of the great, one of the two great Babylonian yeshivas, when he would give a shear, he would start with a joke, and then he would get into all very, very serious. Ema ve'yira, fearing Hashem. Rashi says, they, they were open to hear it because they, they, they had a good laugh. Bevadai, now imagine you're going to, let's go back to Pesach. You're going to clean your house. You ever go Pesach cleaning? That's you're scrubbing the floors. You're, you're, you're going through boxes. So if you start off laughing, it's a different pace I'm cleaning than coming in like drill sergeants and like, you know, oh, I can't believe I'm going to do this. You know, and all negative. I once went to someone's house, because I, 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 I make some of the guys. I was once someone in Pesach by a friend of mine's house. We were kids, actually. Let me back up. I saw this person's mother. She had the look of death on her face. I still remember the way she looked. This is decades, de- momish decades ago. I walked into the house like a Pesach time. She looked like a pit bull who was ready to rip someone's head off. You know, and other people who have Pesach, they, say, they make it into fun. Now, it doesn't make it easy work. It's hard work. They laugh about it. We're going to do this. Gonna, you know. It's the same Pesach cleaning. It's really the same Pesach cleaning. It's how you're viewing it. Is it, you know, you could, you could view it as an adventure. You could view it as a family you know, make it a little, you know, you, you could humor it up a little bit, and it's a lot different than coming in there and just stressing and angry and upset. Remember what I'm talking, you know what I'm talking about, by the way? Um, <laughs> I went to someone picked up at the airport, it wasn't you, know, it was, and the person came, obviously came like very late, and if, you know, you would see somebody. First thing, this lady is like, "How dare you come so late? Don't you know I was waiting here?" You know, blah, 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 blah. I was like, "Shalom aleichem." You know, imagine if I think she said, "Ah," you make a joke of it, and you know, and say, "You know, I was waiting," and you know, it's really hard. But you can make a joke. It was very different conversation. You know, was, you know, it would be calmer. Forgetting the person getting attacked, you, <laughs> you're less frustrated. You can laugh at like what kind of crazy situation you are uh, like this morning I'm like thinking to myself how absolutely ridiculous this person put me into absolutely worse position I now have to deal with a person who I don't want to do this with I don't like so I could have sat there all morning and when I started to but honestly when I first saw this email I wanted to take a shotgun and you're on tape brother. yeah no I, I don't want to I don't want to take a shotgun I'm giving this as an example no, I don't own a shotgun I don't want to shoot anybody but my point is, my, my first thing was my blood pressure raised for a second or two or three. And then I started laughing. I was like, this is so ridiculous. It's like so, so ridiculous. Um, and if I wanted to actually get to the other point, I would say, listen, Hashem wants me in this situation. This is what I have to deal with. 
and deal with it. That's also true, by the way. That's, we discussed this previously. But you can laugh at something that's something's ridiculous, you know, and then remind the person later if, if, if you were friendly with them. But you remember that time when you left me late and you make fun of it instead of getting all angry about it. Humor is, is a great way to live life. Now, it doesn't mean laughing at things which are really need to be fixed or, or serious. But there's so many frustrations in life. We can let it bother us or we can have a little humor. Um, and you see that the sages, the Gemara says all the time that they have Beducha. Um, it's actually an amazing, amazing Gemara. The Gemara says the following thing, that Alderach Zeh Matzino and Tainus, amazing Gemara and Tainus, that Rabbi Broka Choza, Rabbi Broka Choza was in the Shuk de Beilafet, it was in a city, and Eliyahu came with him, Eliyahu Navi, He's walking in the shuk in the marketplace. He says, is there anybody in this shuk, in this marketplace, that is going to, straight to Olam straight to the world to come? As they're walking, uh, two brothers came. These people are B'nai Alma Da'asini. They're people going to the world to come. He went to them and said, These two guys. You imagine you're walking in, you know, Ben Yehuda Street, dizzing off. No, actually, don't walk in those places. You're walking in Geula. You know, you're walking on Malchi Israel. Right? You're walking on a major thoroughfare. Thousands and hundreds of people are walking. All of a sudden, a person says, Tell Eliyahu, these two people, I would go ask them, Who are you? you know, Eliyahu says they're going straight to the world to come. So he does that. Rabbi Rokha Chazal goes running to these people. He says to them, what, they, what, do you, what do you guys do? Figure they're in Mamish Laman Rav Tzadikin. So they told him, Amulei Anshei B'duche Anan. We're like jesters, jokers. And we make sad people happy. We make sad people happy. Inami Chazin and Beitrei. Somewhere we see two people fighting. Di'islei Tigre Bahadayu. We make peace amongst these two people. We make jokes and they come to peace. So Volba explains, when two people are angry or upset, they want to hear your dumb jokes. No one wants to hear jokes. Hey, let me tell you a joke. You know, I have a good joke for you. Why the chicken cross? The chicken? Uh, you know, why they, they don't want, they want, they're angry, they're upset. They don't like, they don't want, no. what does it mean they eat? They're, they're jesters. They make people happy. And when people are angry, they, they, they're able, they make, they make peace through, through jokes. Vada, it's not, you know, that, that's, in fact, when you're making jokes when people are upset, it's almost like, it's, it's disgraceful. It's, it's hurtful to people. They're upset about something. It's not time to make a joke. You don't make jokes when someone's upset. On the contrary, it's like, Loi she says. Uh, and, and sometimes it can make a person angry. When you make a joke, when they're, when they're upset about something seriously, they had a bad deal, something went wrong, they got stuck, they got into an accident, they're upset at somebody, they don't want to hear your jokes. Um, but what, were they, what did they do? They were bidichas hadas, they had a sense of humor. When you have a sense of humor, listen to this, it's so deep. When you have a sense of humor, you're able to see things a little bit differently. You can see uh, it's not all black and, gr- and dark gray. 
you can see some little bit of light. You can you can laugh at something, at the situation almost. Right? You can make a person realize it's not so bad. You, you could come on, really think about this. You do this. Right? You could you're able to change the way it's viewed. Right? You're able to what, what's uh you know, it was a bad situation. Like I, I've, I, I know a person who does this all the time. And they're able to take a, a really bad situation and people are upset and just all of a sudden things are good. They do it because through their personality and they're joking about it and they see a fight, they joke around about it, they're able to help people reframe able to change the way people view the situation. Because you have two people that are angry at each other or sad about... You have a person who's sad, right? Uh, you know, Baruch Hashem, the, the Yaakov, Idel, and Sarah well got married yesterday, right? They're, but they're an older couple. When you're dating for years, you date for 10, 12, 13, 15, 16 years, you're dating, you're not finding a shidduch. There are a lot of people that really affects. Right, so you know when you when you can view life as a little bit, you know, saying I did this person, I have this story, I have this story. I people come back from a date. I remember I was in yeshiva. I you know my, I I got married my first opportunity, but I dated a lot of girls. So I was my the first boy my wife dated. <laughs> so she made me wait. You know, I always say I got married my first chance. It just took me a few years to to get that chance. Right? You know, I was five years younger, so she made me wait. So, but I got married the first opportunity. But in the daytime, I remember we were dating yeshiva. You seen guys, some guys, some back come back from dates. They would talk about like they were they were attacked by like you know when the date did not go well. Oh my goodness! Do you know what happened to me tonight? I go to this date, the girl doesn't talk. Blah, 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 blah. I went to this date that dad wanted to kill me. Like, they, they talk about it, they come back like I'm a war zone. Like, you know, like, like literally, you're never in yeshiva. We don't wish you. Okay, good. But, or, there are other people who came. It was a terrible date. They had a terrible date. They, they messed up. It was boring. It was terrible. The father wanted to kill them. They, I once, I met, I'm telling you, I was once dating a girl. I got lost for two hours. I got, came to a date two hours late. Can you imagine that? There was no self. I name was crossed off the list. Yeah. I was da- I dated her several times to my, uh, when this happened. Uh, it was somewhat serious at the time. It's not my wife, uh, thank God. <laughs> but it was somewhat, somewhat serious. This is before cell phones, or I, maybe they had just around just was starting at that time. There's no GPS. There was no GPS. I don't want to say what city this person lived in, but there was, there was like literally, you, you know. And I, Mamish got lost in the, the, it was like nowhere's land. No, I'm like going in circles. Now I can, this girl, I could have looked at it like this. Oh, you can laugh about it, right? You could, you could, that, now it wasn't such a big deal. I can come back to the dorm and say, what a waste of my time and energy. I could laugh about this. It's very different. And when you, laughing reframes it in your own mind, right? When you miss a flight, you can make it into a joke. Or you could sit there angry and upset and why did this happen? It start, and then you get the, the family start blaming you are late, you are late, your fault, it's your fault. Or you could say, I can't believe this happened. It's the same this, I'm telling you. It's how you're framing it in your own mind. When you reframe things, most things, not all things, are not so serious. 
You know why we get upset or angry or sad? We look at things as so bad, so dreadful, so terrible. The end of the world, or the person hurt me so much. And when you're able to, to reframe it, and that's what these people did. They, they, they were able to do, and they made them happy. Um, and they were able to see things different life. There's a Gemara in Meir Katan. The Gemara says, There was a young Torah scholar, he was actually a very, very big Torah scholar. There was some bad rumors about him that he, he, he saw some as females in, a, in an inappropriate way. This person is a rabbi, so to speak. Knowledgeable, but you, know, you hear these scandals today. <laughs> it's not, you know, like this, like, you know the, first of all, it's one in a million. But here's one: they put a picture of this rabbi and wherever, and he abuses a lady or consensually does something illicit. So that's terrible. But human nature is this is not. It happened in the time of the Talmud, also. Humans are human, you know, and men are weak creatures since the beginning of time. So this person did something which is highly inappropriate. So Yehuda was Rosh Hashiva. So what should I do with this person? He's needed by. He's in a town where he's the greatest sage of this town. If I don't put him, it's a chil Hashem. This person is teaching Torah, and in the end, Shamte Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda put this person into excommunication, into a form of nidoy. Um, I, he skips the Gemara says that Rabbi Huda got sick at one point, and this guy who he Rabbi Huda put in excommunication, who was by the way, the way the Gemara framed this guy, he was a very knowledgeable rabbi and teacher who happened to have a weak spot for married ladies, <laughs> right? Like you know, but you know, otherwise he was fine, right? Um, and it was consensual, you know, it wasn't uh, you know. It, obviously, a terrible avera and a big chil Hashem. Having said that, you know the way they can rephrase it: life is not all black and white. He was obviously a, a person who should not be teaching, and he was a, a wrong person. They don't make him into, you know, they make him into a person who is should not be teaching, needs to be punished, and the good was good, and the bad is awful. Right? That's and that's uh, that's how that's how life really is. Um, so he was excommunicated. He was, took him out of being a rabbi. Lamaisa, this guy comes to Rav Yehuda when Rav Yehuda is on his deathbed. Comes to Rav Yehuda on his deathbed. And Rav Yehuda sees him. He's on his deathbed. And he starts smiling. So this rabbi, who had to sit eight feet away, four amas away from Rav Yehuda, he says, it's not enough that you, that you put me in excommunication. You're also laughing at me. That you're, you're laughing at my situation. So he says, no, no. I'm laughing. I'm thinking of myself. I'm laughing at me. I'm laughing that when I get to heaven, they're going to say, you had no, you didn't flatter anyone, even such a great Torah scholar. So I'm laughing at my own situation as I lay on my deathbed. He was laughing at his own deathbed. I mean, you could be in your deathbed and be depressed, or you could frame it in your mind. You know, what's funny about my, my situation today? Yesh the Nasos, he teaches, L'Islamid Biyumar, Sometimes when you're stressed and you're frustrated, you need to teach yourself to laugh, to, to look at it a little bit differently. You know, to be able to laugh at your situation, to laugh at the, the disappointment sometimes. Humor. To have a little bit, you know, have a little bit of humor. Racist, first of all, you need to know, um, you know, you know, 
through most of personality, you know, what you could laugh at and what really you can't laugh at. Most things in life that we get frustrated, vast majority, are actually at some level funny or at some level a lesson to be learned. Like you're stuck in traffic. There's something to laugh about. Like here am I, I have to work on myself. I'm impatient. You know, this happens to me this morning. It was funny. Like it was a sense funny that here I, I'm like the one who gets like one of these like movie scenes. Like, you know, I get stuck dealing with a situation which was totally unfair to me. And this volunteer like really messed me up, Shane Kamohu. So what am I I can sit there and get upset. I can laugh about it. You know, I'm seriously sometimes when people come to me and complain to me about or ask me for crazy things, the only way that I come out of it not upset is I laugh how crazy this must be. You know, I just laugh, I'm laughing at the person. Well, they're not bad people. When I get when I said I get some annoying emails, they're not bad people, they're good people. I don't think they're, not, they're not trying to hurt me, or sometimes they are, but most of the time they're not. <laughs> right? But most of the times they're really good people, and you know, 98% of the questions I have are normal questions or normal requests, and that's what I'm, ha- I'm always happy to get them. Those, you know, that's what I'm here for. I'm, I'm here, part of my job is to do exactly that, right? And some things are just crazy. So what, what do I sometimes do? I just laugh at it. I laugh at myself. I, like, I laugh that I have to deal with the craziness. And that makes me not upset. And, you know, it makes me able to deal with it. Right? I, you laugh at your situation. I'm not laughing at a person. I'm not even laughing at myself. What I'm really doing is I'm reframing it. It's really not such a big deal. And you know what? After I had to email this person and kind of get out of this bad situation, it wasn't the end of the world. It, was, it really was not a big deal. Laughing tells us you can live with it. <laughs> You're able, don't lose sleep. Don't sit there and mourn. You're able to, it's not the end of the world. If you can laugh, it means there's something good about your life and your situation. You know, you see people come in and they're all upset. Like, one of the things you want to do is, come on, it's not such a big deal. Just relax. And one of the ways you can get ourselves and others to do it is be able to to find the humor in the situation. Because what you're really telling yourself, when you're able to laugh at it, the roof did not fall on your head. We have a little more to do. We'll do that next week. Okay. Have a good night. Thursday, yes.